Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The following is a paid program. Right here we go. Good Saturday afternoon, everybody. This is Right at Home with Rich. I am your host, Mosby's own Rich Oris. I am a senior sales consultant for a full-service design-build remodeling company, Mosby Building Arts, and uh, we are here to bring some good stuff to you, hopefully help you around your home, get you some good information, answer any questions, and or get you in on the conversations of everything that we have going on so we can relate this with you. And really, my job here is to try and help you out. So for today, as always, we have our Stefanina's Pizzeria gift card giveaway. So for one lucky caller um, that we pick at the end of the show, you will win a $25 Stefanina's Pizzeria gift card, and that will get you an awesome meal at Stefanina's, and they have a bunch of locations out west in O'Fallon, Winghaven, St. Charles. They have one um, in Chesterfield, um, in Chesterfield Commons down there. Great place to be. It'll get you a great meal. All you got to do is call in, leave a phone number that we can reach you at. When you call in, I will pick one lucky winner at the end of the show, and we'll contact you next week and get that gift card out to you. So get in on that and get in on these topics. I got some hopefully really good ones for you today. I have a behind-the-scenes look into Mosby's concept design process. I want to go over all that with you. Um, I have flashing, the proper ways to flash, and what is so important about that. Of course, in the middle of the show, I have my Rich's Right at Home Hacks. And I've got some good information today about why everything is only as good as its base. So great information there. We've got building character into your remodel we can go over and some tile options. Uh, a blog we did on the Right Bath Experts um, talking tile. So um, want to get into this, want to get you with me. If, if any of this strikes a chord with you, give me a call. 314-241-9797. Love to get you in on the conversations and hear what you have to say or what you may have uh, issues with or going on around your house with any of these topics. I'm super excited to get into it with you. Uh, again, 314-241-9797. So I want to jump right in here and, and, and start talking about you know, the, the conceptual design process that, that we do at Mosby Building Arts because we're definitely, you know, a different kind of company than 
um, a typical, you know, um, we're better as a design build to show everything and, and not just a typical contracting type company. Um, and some of the big differences is really our employees. It's everybody. It's, it's as little possible subcontracting and as maximum as much possible of actual hourly paid employees that are trained and want to do the right thing for you, not just in construction, but also in, in design. And how do we get you through those decisions and how do we get you into some really good designs without, you know, spending too, too much, you know, time and or money trying to get, you know, that, that type of stuff figured out. And, you know, one, one of the ways is not going all the way fully into, you know, a full design until we've kind of run through, shown some options, and then really narrowed it down to what's really going to work for you. And then you can get into the more detailed architectural, ready for permits, all this other stuff. But in in the first step of what Mosby does as a conceptual design, it's like getting to see the job. It's getting to build the job two or three different ways without having to actually build the job or do all of the work that like an architect's going to do to have this thing permit ready, planned out and ready for, you know, a bid based process on trying to figure out what it costs. And that's one of the biggest differences here, you know, from full service and design build, we do everything, we design it and we build it in kind of a, a contracting construction, general contracting where, you know, outside people design it, but in order for the, you know, the, that contractor to really be able to figure it out, you need a lot of information and you need to get down to that job before they can really start looking at it. And you've got a lot of resources vested into that, in that first step where as we go through the concepts, you get to see more, see the 3D renderings, know exactly what we're talking about, mesh them together, work through it, you know, in, in, in an ongoing meeting that's like a working meeting between you know, a client joining our team and our team coming together. So, um, and really getting it figured out. And then we can get a little bit deeper into now let's finalize the one that we've selected it down to during that, you know, conceptual process that, you know, we've picked the, what we want conceptually. We love the renderings. We, we love the way it's going to be now. Now you can get into all that detail, but, you know, up front, there's some time, and there's some time there that, you know, people don't get to see necessarily. So when, when we come out and, and look at a project and talk about that conceptual design and, and we move forward, you know, kind of performing that conceptual design, the first thing we do with the client is come out and do what we call a measure and photo where we're going to come into the home. We're going to bring some draft people. We're going to bring in the designer that's going to head it up. I'll still be there for looking in the attic, you know, digging in the basement, figuring out the building aspect part of how all this comes together, designers on designing part. And we have a draft team that's on showing it to you, getting the existing conditions in our computer, getting everything ready so they can make the changes and then show those virtual designs with all those drafters and everybody. So, but even prior to coming out, we would have a meeting where we get together and we look over the photos and we talk about the project and we pick that team. How many people do we need? How do we get through it? You know, 
make that plan on what needs to happen. And then once we've had that meeting and we got more photos and more information and all the measurements for, you know, putting it in the computer, when we come back, now we have another meeting that's, okay, what did we find out? You know, it's kind of a post-meeting because it's a whole team, so I, I can't always say everything that I saw while I was photographing and digging through the attic and things like that and, and the construction stuff of the house. So, you know, these just right there, there's two meetings that, that you really don't get to see. But so once the, the drafting team then puts everything in the computer, the designer can then start helping make those changes, changing layout, working on what they think is going to help and work and fit for you. Once those designs, we've got two or three of those, you know, kind of planned out, we have another design meeting where I'll get back in involved again. Is it feasible? How does it work? What's where? We have the estimator and everything with us too at that point. And we kind of meet over design and then we kind of hand that off to the estimating portion to say, all right, now figure out approximately what these are going to cost. There's a lot of specifics we haven't gotten into yet but we can get pretty close with a good, you know, 10% or so price range on this is where this type of project is going to be and really narrow down that budget range. But so we've had another meeting or two just through that. So now once estimating has taken its toll, we come through and they pass it back to me and the designer. So we meet again. So, you know, even going through this process, there can be, depending on the size and complexity of the project, there's a minimum of about four or five meetings that's happening. And on really large projects, it could get into six or seven in how we, so when you look at that timeline of we're going to show up, we're going to measure everything, but we're going to come back in like four to six weeks to really show you the results of everything that we've done. Well, we've got about a week to get, you know, everything in. We've got about a week or week and a half of designing. We've got about a week of estimating. We've got reviewing and meetings. And so, you know, it's kind of working through that line, having a process. Don't let anybody down. Do the same thing over and over again so that you you do it more often. You're just more successful at it. But you, so you've got this whole process and all these behind the scene action things taking place as a team and not just one person going, yep, this is a great way to do it. It should be done like this. And if I run through it with a bunch of subcontractors per square foot. This is where it should cost. Bada bang. And, you know, it's it's a lot more effort and a lot more information and a lot more figured out in that conceptual design process. So that's kind of a, a quick look behind the scenes of all the things that happen through that process, you know, for you, the client, as we're trying to figure that design out. Cause I know a lot of times it can seem like, wow, they just kind of went away and I didn't even see them for like five weeks. Well, there was so much work happening in that, you know, four or five, six weeks. Um, I just really wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of that. So, and if you've ever been through a process like this, if you have more questions about a process like this, or you're thinking about getting into a process like this, you can give me a call right here today. Let's have let's have a little talk about that. 314-241-9797. Lines are wide open. You can also call our office and just get something scheduled for you. 314-909-1800 for the office. And uh, we're going to get into a short break, and we'll get into more topics when we get back. All right, here we go. Moving right along, as always. 
Got some great things going on. Got a lot of great things going on around Mosby for you. And if anything we're talking about is, is you know, getting any type of interest with you, I definitely invite you. Phone lines are open. Give me a shout. Let's talk about it a little bit. Get in on the Stephanina's gift card giveaway. The phone line's wide open, 314-241-9797. And talking about around Mosby, we've got uh, – I brought this up for the first time last week. We, we have our next seminar that I really am excited April's here um, so that we can get closer to this next one. And it is on kitchens and it is going to be held at an exciting place over at Top Golf in Chesterfield. It will start, it is uh, April 27th. It will start at 1030. Um, it is in one of their meeting rooms there, so it does not include, you know, any golf or anything. So if you'd like to stick around, you know, we definitely recommend that you make some reservations as early as possible for, you know, after this gets done and, and play a little golf there. I've done it myself. It's super, super fun. I absolutely love it. Um, and it's it's just a really good time to be had. So, I'm, I'm super stoked about having that out there. And um, you can RSVP at callmosby.com forward slash seminars. Um, find it on our, on our website and or you can just call the office if you want to RSVP 314-909-1800. And we can get you on the list there. Um, we'll have some goodies and some treats and things like that for everybody. So we like to try and get a head count if we can. Um, and great information happens at these. So you want to know anything about kitchens if you want to meet some of our our designers and hear them talk about the different things that we do um that is the place to do it it will be a great time um for sure and you can find all that information again on our website at callmosby.com c-a-l-l-m-o-s-b-y.com so while we wait for some calls to come in. And hopefully I think this is maybe the one that's really going to drum up some conversation because it's official that spring is here and it is raining cats and dogs out there. The drive-in was absolutely ridiculous coming down so hard. Um, so I know that people are going to be having, you know, all sorts of water issues, whether it's roofing coming in around the windows, the doors, the siding, you know, the foundation, this is going to be a big thing for, uh, you know, my sponsor to the show here, Helitech. They are definitely, they're probably come Monday going to be getting a ton of calls, um, for them on, you know, getting water in the basement, things like that. And they can absolutely handle all of that for you. As far as, you know, they got their hydroway, um, drainage system, their sump pump system. It is absolutely the best in the business that is why we partner with them because of these these products that they use and the systems that they've come up with and developed over the years to to repair foundations and to and to fix the waterproofing and to dry out your basements crawl spaces any of that stuff like that they they have a ton of list of stuff they do so when when you're getting water this weekend Look for them and give Helitech a call, 314-329-4660, and they can help you out with all those water issues. But what I can help you out with water issues is absolutely your, your flashing on your home 
And I, I, even in the basement, sometime I've seen a lot of, you know, people say, oh, I got water in my basement. I got water in my basement, but it's really coming in, you know, at the bottom of that wall at that floor from behind the brick, behind the siding, you know, how the house is put together, letting it in, it runs down that wall onto the basement floor there. And there you go, you know, water in the basement. So it's not always necessarily doors and windows and that, but it gets in around the doors and windows, comes in around the top of that basement and you see it in your basement. And, you know, the amount of water calls, water leaks into basements that I get that are actually a siding wall flashing issue is absolutely huge, tremendous on, on how many actually turns out to be that way. Um, and it's all about what happened to the wall behind the facade that you see, behind the siding, behind the brick, behind stone, anything on there. You know, what's going on? How do you handle that water? And how do you get it back out to the front? Um, because water does get behind it, it. You know, brick is a big sponge. Everything soaks through. Um, stone can be the same way. Vinyl siding, it gets around all the windows. If you look at any penetration in the house, windows, doors, uh, vents from the laundry room, from the bathroom, light fixtures, outlets, any penetration through vinyl siding gets water. It lets it get in behind that vinyl siding at the bottom of that penetration. It's kind of the way that that J channel that goes around works. It literally drives that water behind the siding. And if your wall isn't properly flashed, then that's where you start to get that water in. And that's where you can have water coming in around your window on the first floor, but you don't see it till the basement. Or that's why you see it a lot of times on the first floor of, of a, like a walkout atrium when you've got three stories of windows because it's hitting the, the third, the second, and then it's coming down to the door and the windows of the first floor. And that's where you actually see the repercussions, but it's really starting much, much higher up. So to, to get the proper house wrap drainage system on that wall and not only get that, but make sure it's on right, make sure it's installed right, and make sure it's draining that water out, and make sure your doors and windows are flashed around properly it is a big, big thing in, in how we do that. And we've been doing this and, and studying this um, for, for years and years on how to do it right. And Mosby can definitely look at these issues for you and side and flash and get this house right for you. It's very, very important to do it that way. So I'm going to jump into my first call here real quick before the break and get to Tim here. You got a question about a sump pump. Are you with us, Tim? Hi, Rich. Yeah, my name is Tim. Question. I have no problems with my uh, water yet, but what is there like a test that you could, if the original sump pump in the house, is there like a way of testing your sump pump uh, to make sure it's working properly or... Yeah, well, so if you have a sump pump with a uh, with with a pit and everything, to make sure the actual pump itself is working and going out to the right place and all that, is actually you just dump water in it. Okay. Take a five gallon bucket, dump it down there, and you know let it run, let it wash the water out, see where it's going, make sure it's going away from the home once it gets outside. All that. Mm-hmm. Um, the perimeter drain is a little tougher. So if you have an older system where it's actually like a four inch flexible, you know, black flexible pipe that goes around the perimeter of the basement. Really the only thing you could do for that is to camera scope it and have like a plumbing camera scoping company run a camera through there and make sure it's not stopped up or clogged or broken somewhere. Cause that stuff does wear Okay, and it does, you know, break in places and 
you know, most people don't realize that that perimeter drain tile is in bad condition until they're getting water in the house on the other side away from the sump pump. So that's pretty much your two testing systems right there, camera scope, and then just fill the one up with water and make sure it's working. All right. No problem. You're welcome. Thanks, Tim. Definitely um, something that is good to do looking at, examining the house, things like that. But yeah, making sure those things work. If you're, if you've got a sump pump system with a sump pump in there and you think, no, I'm good. I'm safe. I haven't ever seen water in it. And I've had that system for eight, nine, 10 years. Um, test that system out. Make sure it's going to function because if boy if it if it doesn't and you start getting that water and you cannot have water for 35 years and then all of a sudden have water then oh yeah it's a bad condition if you got a finished basement and everything so um and it's bad for furnace water heater all of that so definitely test that out is a great thing to do uh, i really appreciate tim's call there is a, is a kind of a reminder for that so uh paul if you can uh Hang the line for me. We will get to you when we get back from our next break. And Rich's Ride at Home Hacks coming up after that, too. Stay tuned. All right, here we go. We're back. I've got my Rich's Ride at Home Hacks here, but I am going to I'm going to I'm going to keep that teaser out there that, you know, this is about um, everything being as good as its base. You are going to want to hear this and, and think about some of these topics, but I appreciate Paul holding on through the break, so I'm going to take Paul's call first and see what he's got going on. Are you there, Paul? I am, sir. Thank hey, you for taking the call. Thank you for calling in and hanging on there. What do you got? Well, I am a, a bit of a prepper. A lot of people say I'm a little bit nuts, but I was considering building like a bunker-style small house, 800 to 900 square feet, but I wanted to make it as, I guess, as bulletproof as possible. Uh-huh. And I don't mean that in the literal sense, but also in that sense. Uh, I see the concrete blocks, big, huge concrete blocks, two foot thick, two foot tall, and various lengths between two foot in length to six foot in length. Sure. I was wondering, could I use those for the outer wall of the bunker and then put a metal roof on top with metal I-beam on the inside of the concrete to build the inside walls with? So kind of just like an outside shell. Mm-hmm. So is this something you're talking about just kind of like out in the backyard or something? No, no, no. Or you're in the ground? On a piece of property. Uh-huh. Not in the ground, uh, on the ground. On the ground. Okay. So, uh, like I said, basically just kind of an, an outer shell. Yeah. No, I mean, I think absolutely. It definitely would be something... Um, you know, the, the biggest thing would be how you, you know, engineer how to attach, you know, the, the metal roof, the structure to the top of that concrete. Um, but you know, do a little, uh, two by four, two by six kind of roofing structure and, you know, put the metal on it or something, but, um, you know, how that all gets attached so that it's, you know, really, really strong would really be the biggest thing. But, I mean, when, when bunkers and stuff like that are built or when we look at like storm shelters and basements and they have us do like an eight inch block wall, you know, kind of like a foundation wall around, around the room. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, eight inches thick is, is pretty darn good. So two foot thick of concrete would be great if it's attached well and, you know, put down properly and everything's secured. So like the roof doesn't blow off in the wrong storm or something. 
And then that's why I was considering awesome. like the, the six-inch I-beam on mm-hmm. the inside of the concrete to attach the roof to. So yeah. the roof wouldn't actually be attached to the concrete itself, but it would be sure. like, resting on top of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely, you know, where a little bit of engineering, you know, from from like an architect and or an engineer to say, hey, if I use this for walls, what could I do, you know, to attach and for a roof and what would make it good? You know, they can draw you stuff like that up and come up with how that system works gotcha. pretty cheaply. I didn't know cheaply. if you had any experience with the, working with those blocks at all. I only really seen them in like retaining walls along the highway and stuff. Yeah, and that's I've, that's the typical use for them is, um, and when we so when we use those is kind of for like a retaining wall. It's not really what you're talking about. Um, those are used more on you know highways and different stuff like that. But we use like the big decorative boulders, kind of same concept. You know, right. big heavy stone. You know, holds the ground back and everything. So. If it can, if it can hold the ground back, you know, on the side of the highway or, you know, on a hill around a house, things like that, or, you know, um, or kind of like a similar system as the, you know, the rectangular basket of rocks that they make for creeks now, you know, how they stack those up like a retaining wall on the side of, you know, rivers and creeks and things running through neighborhoods. Yeah. Keep all that from washing away. It's the exact same concept. There's not going to be a whole lot stronger than two foot thick of concrete. So if you could get it there and you got the equipment and do all that, I think it would make a great shelter. You know, I will continue to investigate that. I appreciate the input. Yeah, absolutely. And I would, you know, I would look at an engineer and say, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking. What would it cost to kind of draw something up so I know that it's, you know, good and secure and because and put together, you know, in a good way because you can get, you know." Um, uh, great products, but if you put them together wrong, it's really not going to help you too much. Right, you know? right. So a few hundred bucks might get you a good plan from like an engineer to say, yep, this is how you put the I-beam in, bolt it, things you want to do to make it sturdy, and now you're good as good as gold there. So good thought, right. great concept. I appreciate the call, Paul. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, and that will actually kind of lead us right back into my hacks too, because part of one of the, you know, in part of the hack is, you know, what you do with a, a good product to make it work right. It's kind of like that flashing thing. You can get the best window on the market and it could be energy efficient and keep the hot and cold out and all that. But if you don't flash it properly, if you don't stop water from getting in, it'll destroy that, that perfectly good window if you don't stop air infiltration or you don't insulate it the best way possible, well, then you're getting all that hot and cold air right around the best window on the market. What good does the best window on the market do you if that's happening and, and you're not, you know, saving the energy then? It's just going around what you've put in. So installing things correctly is really what it what it's all about. And so last week we had a really good one about why you should shovel your concrete, even if you're not going to be leaving or using it. And if you want to hear any of these again, you can go back through uh, 971 News Talk's website and you can find the past episodes, the podcast of these, and, and go back and play them back. You can rewind and fast forward or get to the hack if you want and get that information. So, um, so today... It's more of a theory. It's everything is as good as its base. And I know you've all heard this. 
a house is as good as its foundation. So if we kind of start from the top of the house down and think about roofing, well, the life expectancy of a roof that's been recovered, shingles on top of shingles, is literally cut in half. That, that roof will last half what it, what it will last if you stripped it and put it on right if you do a recover because the base is just not that good. Plywood decking, shingles, all those things go bad with proper uh, attic ventilation, which is kind of the base of if that's not working right, it's not going to help you. It's going to deteriorate it quicker. Ice damming was corrected with ice and water shield that is actually a better base underneath shingles. So this is all playing into this theory. Siding needs a drainage plane and proper flashing to keep air and water out from inside of your walls. So your siding, your brick, all that stuff is only as good as the base that's behind it in protecting your home. Windows and doors, what we were just talking about. You can have the best door, best window. It's not going to work if you don't do the work around it properly. Paint, primer. Think of uh, if you don't use the right primer, if you don't use the right stuff underneath, it just doesn't last very long. Flooring, you use half-inch Dura-Rock for uh, tile. It needs a proper substrate. Well, if you put that on a half-inch plywood floor, it's still not think thick enough. It's still not good enough. It needs to be a certain thickness all the way throughout. It needs to be a proper base. Quarter-inch Luon being very smooth and perfect for vinyl. Sometimes these bases vary on what they need to be for, you know, what product to make them really last the one that caught my eye and really, really got me thinking about this was concrete. You know, you have to have a proper base underneath concrete in order to really make it last long. We just talked about this last week, but a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about this. I was watching actually an, a This Old House episode. They've got a, a show called Trade School, and they're rehabbing all these houses. And it's actually, if you wanted to find it, it's season two. Episode seven, there's a cracked sidewalk and they, they break the sidewalk up and lo and behold, they find another four inch slab of concrete underneath that sidewalk with a crack in the exact same place. They take that out and they find dirt and you actually have eight inches of concrete, but you already had the dirt moving and you already had a crack in the other concrete and you had no original base. And they actually talk about this on the show, how to do it right. And they show them, dig it out and get the right base. Be a great thing for everybody to see. But, you know, getting into like asphalt. Asphalt needs even a bigger base than concrete does. But think about it. You can take something thinner and softer than concrete and make it last really well with a properly done, bigger, thicker rock base underneath it. That right there to me says everything about why it's so important. And think about, you know, out in the yard, plants, grass, trees. I mean, that, even that in this theory, everything's as good as the soil and the, and the water you get to it and, you know, all the stuff it needs for that. You can have the best plant out there and you got horrible soil. It is not going to survive very well. This is literally something that it's like, it's like a life lesson if you think of it in theory that works in all aspects of construction, life, everything. You got to get the underside done really well. And this is the, you know, the concept that I've helped develop and continue to use at Mosby Building Arts and really making sure what we're doing is going to last for a 10-year workmanship warranty. It's going to be the 
best thing for you. So if any of this you know, strikes a chord with you, if you, if you want more in-depth information, I, I invite you to give me a call and ask me about any piece of this, and we can talk more. Let's have a conversation about it. 314-241-9797. I'm going to get into my final break here. And uh, I, I appreciate any calls coming in, and we'll have more for you when we get back. We are back. This is it. Got about six minutes left. So if you got something quick, you can give me a call and uh, get your question on the air real quick. Get in on that Stephanie's gift card, too, 314-241-9797. But I wanted to touch on you know, building character into your remodeling projects. Cause this is something we kind of show in our like conceptual design I was talking about and something we advise all the time and picking and choosing where you, you know, spend a little more money maybe to get something really, really cool and kind of show that character. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, like they say, home is where the heart is. Um, we do these things in the home because, you know, it's, it's so important, like psychologically for, you know, our physical surroundings, they play such an important role in, you know, creating what, what a lot of, what we all feel is, you know, meaningful lives, what happens, a feel good thing for you. We do it with cars all the time, you know, buying, upgrading into different things because you just want to feel good while you're out and about and everything. And, and, you know, so so this is this is a thing for everybody, and so when you when you look at you know where do you put you know character into your your kitchens and bathrooms and things like that, um, and, and what are some maybe easy ways you know to do that, and and what we're always advising around Mosby is to try and make decisions that are going to make you happy, that are going to work for you, and there's a lot of different areas that you can. Um, you know, add character in a kitchen through your doorways, um, through um, your cabinets and, and picking out different little pieces and stuff like that. Um, doing some, you know, back painted glass cabinet doors that really show a lot of style. Picking just some of these neat things, glass in the door to show some things is really, really neat thing. There's a lot of little things that, you know, you can pick out and do in these, in these jobs, like in bathrooms, a little bit of tile, putting an accent, doing a different pattern on the floor or on the walls, uh, putting a different tile inside of a soap niche to really, you know, make something stand out. You can buy a really, really cool, really, really expensive tile and put it in a small strip or a small area and you're splurging on a littler area of a, a larger job in really just making it stand out and, and work for you. And that's what we're always trying to push and, and, and show you there through Mosby and the different things that we can do. So if you're looking for anything like that, I definitely invite you to give us a call, have me come out and check out your modeling project. I would love to see it for you. Just, you know, call our office 314-909-1800, get, get an appointment in and, and we'll check out the, the remodeling jobs you're looking for and I can get them taken care of for you. So for now, real quick, I'm going to uh, go to the phone lines and see if we can answer a question for Heather. Heather, are you on the line with us? Yes, I am. Hey, um, what do you got going on? Thanks for calling. Okay, well, thanks for being there. Um, I'm asking about, uh, so, have, have you heard of brushless solar um, air vents for attics to ventilate attics? Do you know anything about them? 
Um, yes, I, I, I do know um, a, a little bit about them, um, and they're they're definitely something that we we don't recommend a lot of time to do any type of mechanical um, ventilation of an attic because you can overventilate an attic. So if you get too much, too many, or at the wrong time, you can actually pull too much air out of your attic. And if you don't have the intake to sustain that, then it can start pulling air from the house, from the light fixtures, from around, you know, any penetrations in the ceilings and stuff like that. Um, so actually what we try and do is, you know, create a system of ventilation for an attic that, that reacts naturally and doesn't need power. So whether it's brushless or not, or how long they think they can make that powered last or energy efficient because it's solar and it's not, you know, using like, you know, electrical power or whatever, I still wouldn't recommend a powered ventilation unless it's the last thing on your list and you have no choice. It's the only way for you to ventilate. So does that help you at all or? Well, it's certainly a different story than the one they sold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I would try and have some more conversations about it and, and maybe, you know, talk to some other people to try and figure out if what you're looking at is truly the best thing for your home and, and the only direction that you can go to get good, you know, um, attic ventilation. Um, I, I, I would love to come out and take a look at your attic and see, you know, what, uh, what you got going on and what the proper thing, you know, I feel would be to do. It would definitely take, you know, examining the attic and getting up there and really looking at the house and how it's structured to, to answer that. So, okay, well, I'll give you a call. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, and definitely a good question, but, um, I appreciate you calling in and call our office at 314-909-1800. And, uh, we can get something set up for me to figure out what's best for you there, Heather. And so for everybody else out there, had a great time, had a, hopefully another great show. Um, appreciate all the calls, and uh, I want to reach in here in the hat, and I'm going to pull out. We got Tim's name, so Tim with the sump pump, you won the gift card. We'll contact you next week, and I look forward to talking with everybody next Saturday. Stay tuned for Priscilla's All Around the Yard. Get more at 971talk.com.